Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning. This is Sharon Tipple. I have known Logan since he was in high school. He was a best friend of my two sons who also served in the Army. I am recording this from North Tustin, California. Our first reading comes from Psalm 71, 1 through 14. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have learned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent, for my enemies speak concerning me, and those who watch for my life consult together. They say, Pursue and seize that person whom God has forsaken, for there is no one to deliver. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let those who seek to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Our second reading comes from Isaiah 49, 1-7. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord has called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain and have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light of thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised and abhorred by the nation, the slave of rulers, Kings, see thee, and shall stand up. 
princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Our third reading comes from John 12, 20 to 36. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to him, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of the light. After Jesus said this, he departed and hid from them. Good morning and welcome to Tuesday of Holy Week. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 71, Isaiah 49, and John, uh, yeah, John 12. And I did notice that uh, verse 2 of the Isaiah reading sounded a lot like the armor of God, even though it was talking about Israel. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver he hid me away. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's just interesting noticing some of these things that Israel is taking on the characteristics of God and the divine warrior. Um, and divine warrior and armor of God are, are you know, basically synonymous. Um, but the, yeah, the, you know, the, like, <laughs> like parent, like child kind of thing. Um, but it is in God's quiver that he places Israel, his polished arrow, um, not, you know, Israel's own quiver. 
and Israel's mouth is like a sharp sword. Um, <clears throat> but in um, the gospel reading, um, I really think that one of the most important things that military service, at least contemporary military service, I can't speak of you know historical stuff, um, one of the things that teaches you in the age of like total war and um, war crimes, like there, you know, you may die. Like there's there's no doubt. I mean, there's doubt, but like there's a chance. I suppose doubt and chance are maybe related, but um, that you know that you could die. Um, and in verse twenty five of the John reading, those who love their life will lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Um, all of the, on the one hand, I can see how like this idea that, look, we're all going to die. The worst thing that can happen to you is not that you die, but that you die a bad person or a bad death. I can see how that could be taken to say, um, you know, to devalue your own life or other people's lives. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, that seems to be an important lesson. Um, and it makes ethics more complicated if, you know, death is not necessarily the gravest moral sin, I suppose. Um, but I think it, it bears a lot more contemplation, I think, in, especially in our own modern um, context in which it really seems like everybody's just trying to survive. And that's... You know, that's the highest good. Um, and I say that, or I, I think that death isn't thought about or taken seriously, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it other than that, like, in the military, you know and you take actions knowing that you know, you could die at any moment engaging in this thing called military service and, and war. Um, and that isn't the worst thing that can happen to you. Um, in Christianity, too often when we kind of assume or absorb into Christianity the things that we kind of bring in from the outside secular world, one of those things is, you know, the, the fight for survival, right? Um, it's an instinct, I don't know if it's a good. Uh, and so when when things threaten our way of life, uh, or we perceive them to threaten our way of life, we act, you know, defensively. Um, and it's that desire to, I even think it's, I think it's the known, right? We know what life is like. We know what the status quo is like. We know what our routines are like. And we don't want, to lose those. Um, so we want our systems and our institutions to survive because God only knows what we don't know, right? Which is death. We don't know what death, what lies on the other side of death. Um, and so it's not that I'm, it's not that I want to die. I don't think a lot of soldiers and vets want to. Um, but there's there's something that we that I'll speak for myself that I took from military service. Um, and there's this one of these clear things like death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. 
Um, and it's a difficult lesson to learn, but it brings with it a certain sense of freedom. Um, I can only hope that it's the kind of freedom that Christ calls us to. I hope I'm not being misled, but, um, you know, I'm, I may very well be. Um, and so as we approach uh, the end of Holy Week, the end of Lent, we're going to be looking death in the eye. Um, our, you know, the church liturgically will be doing so, and Jesus did so uh, himself. And it's the apex of the incarnation is when Jesus approaches death. And he does so dressed for battle. I'll probably talk about that later, but um, the, the, I th the, the Tritium, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday, are the high point of the Christian liturgical year. And there's a reason for that. It's not the new year. Um, but it is a high, the high point when we experience and are and liturgically reenact the hopelessness of Good Friday, of seeing that all that we may think we know about faith, about God, all of it may pass away, that we could be wrong, that we could be implicated in the death of an innocent man. Um, all of that, I, I think, can get washed under the under the rug too easily because Good Friday and Holy Saturday is chaos. It's despair. It's melancholy. Um, the same state of the world of creation before it existed. Um, and we shouldn't rush through that. We should dwell on what it means that this life of ours is fleeting. Uh, and that's scary. But that also is, uh, there's reason for hope. Um, however difficult it it may be defined on Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Don't rush to Easter. Don't, you know, grasp at, at uh, the light um, because we may not always have the light. Um, the, when Jesus tells them, you know, the, the hour has come, um, <clears throat> the light is with you just a little bit longer, um, we can't always have what we want. We need to practice um, what it feels like to lose what we what we want and what we think we deserve or what we think we've been promised, etc. Um, and I think that's a lesson that uh, in that it's it's not a popular lesson in America today, but it is an important one. And I hope that it's a lesson that we can learn and remember uh, this and and every Holy Week. Prayer for Protection from the Book of Common Prayer Assist us mercifully, O Lord, in these our supplications and prayers, and dispose the way of your servants toward the attainment of everlasting salvation, that among all the changes and chances of this mortal life they may ever be defended by your gracious and ready help. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, 
you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.